together. It is a time to listen. It's a time to learn when injustices continue despite progress over years and decades. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening and welcome to the House of Mercy podcast. I hope you had a chance to do some justice this week or spread a little mercy around. You know what? Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say that I also hope people had uh, some good moments on the longest day of the year and oh. that they got to enjoy all that daylight because from now on it's going to start getting darker I don't think we're ready for it to start getting darker <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it barely seems like it's light I had a hard time like, celebrating the solstice because I was like I don't know we just can't make it turn towards darker but, yeah yeah so, yeah, it seems like, you know what I was thinking, what I was going to say, it seems like this week has been uh, a lot of people have been uh, educating themselves, a lot of people I know, um, right? Uh, Juneteenth, that's like everybody's figuring out, learning what that is. Some of us knew what it was, but not to what extent uh, the significance it was in the black community in America. Um, yeah, and a lot of the books that I've been talking to people who've been reading uh, the White Fragility. I don't know. Did you read that, Debbie? I haven't read that yet, but I've sure been hearing about it. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about it. And uh, if you listen to that uh, podcast, that uh, 1619 Project podcast that the New York Times done. So I've been. Yeah, there's a lot lot of ways, yeah. Anyway, uh, what uh, do we have to announce here? You know what? I'm so happy to announce that. our good friend, uh, Angie Talley, you know her from the House of Mercy Band, and uh, you know her from her great record, Angie and the Ranch Hands, and just being our great friend here at House of Mercy for a long time, and of course, uh, as a brilliant mosaicist 
uh, known for such things as the uh, great mosaic on the wall at the Turf Club. Well, she is in town after a move to Montana. She's back in town to put a mosaic to tile on the uh, entrance to the House of Mercy. It's going to be beautiful. I'm excited about that. Yeah, she's going to be doing, there's an arch over the uh, Shield Street door, and um, in cooperation with Bethlehem Lutheran, uh, they're helping to support this, uh, to support this, and they support it financially, and uh, they're just excited about uh, it going up there. So uh, she'll be out there tiling uh, all this next week, and next time you see the House of Mercy, it will be pretty beautiful yeah there's, there's gonna be that mercy garden and then the mosaic it's just gonna be shiny and colorful and it's exciting yeah life beauty wonderful mercy all right yes all right this is the house of mercy and welcome to it god of peace and justice and mercy Though peace may not be the right thing for every moment, we pray for a little of it now. That we can put down whatever we're doing, stop worrying, get a pause from our anxiety. Know that you are with us, that you love us, that we are wrapped in mercy. Amen. House of Mercy hymn number 16, Nothing But the Blood. But the blood of Jesus What can make me whole again Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow No other found I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus Of mercy, though we might be wearing out, 
Keep us from being overwhelmed. Help us walk however slowly in the right direction. Or recognize there are so many choices that we can make for the good. Small ones, if we can't manage total upheaval. Just keep us moving. But we do pray that the systemic forces of racism and oppression will fall. Let the crumbling begin. Help us build something out of love. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, we pray for those who create public policy, that they will have wisdom, some measure of compassion, a concern for justice and the welfare of the planet. It must be a hard job. We pray for their souls. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for this pandemic to end. How we wish you could do something to make that happen. Call in a legion of angels, breathe out vaccine. But if there cannot be some miraculous conclusion, we pray for steady progress, small, good things. That we might be able to see our grandparents, that people will not have to die alone, that there will be more and more ways to intervene, help people to live. We pray for those who are sick, that they will get well. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are mourning, for those who are afraid, for those suffering from depression. We pray for those who don't have enough food and for those who never get justice. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Today's scripture is taken from Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7 and 16 through 23. But now says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, from the west, I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold them. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth, every one of you who is called by my name, 
who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched, like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I make a way for you in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Through an obscure quirk in the Hebrew, a noun-verb conflation in several lines of Isaiah 43, a group of young scholars were set off on a search that was part textual archaeology, an intellectual and actual treasure hunt, and something of a theological reckoning. These several young women and men, newly minted and eternally grateful for the postdocs at the Institute which brought them together, are collectively known as androgynous. There's been much speculation as to the meaning of the self-given collective sobriquet. Did it refer to the group's equal number of women and men, still a relative rarity in the mid-80s, or perhaps it was a reference to the non-conforming methodologies that they used? The most convincing explanation, I believe, is that they first came together in the fall of 1984, when the replacement's third studio album, Let It Be, was released, and it was known to be on heavy rotation in their offices. The fifth track on Let It Be is Androgynous. Androgynous only published under that name, and though their identities were fairly well known by others in their field, they preferred to remain anonymous, believing it gave them the freedom to work and publish inside and outside of the academy without distraction. Many called it irresponsible, unethical, if not unorthodox. To these charges, androgynous had no reply. The entire story of how this textual anomaly led them to dis the discovery of an ancient manuscript, which came to be known as the Book of Doubters and Adherents, is worthy of an entire episode of This American Life. But you'll have to wait for that. My purpose here is to give you just some small context for the following readings from the English translation by Androgynous. Some believe parts of Isaiah 43, which we read today, borrows from the Book of Doubters and Adherents, and some that the Book of Doubters and Adherents takes texts from Isaiah 43. Androgynous argues that the strongest case can be made for the Book of Doubters and Adherents as a kind of commentary on an argument set off by the Isaiah text. The 43rd chapter of Isaiah is itself an argument. Here we find God trying to convince Israel that God will free them from captivity in Babylon by reminding them that God has freed them before. God originally freed them from Egypt. But this appears to be kind of a hard sell. From Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. 
you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I shall be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. From the Book of Doubters and Adherence, Part 1, Section 9. When we burst into flames, there was, to the exclusion of all else, astonishment. Astonishment at this state, the condition, that had not been, and then certainly and completely was. The exhilaration, a euphoria that such a thing could be. These curious initial biochemical reactions were in part a response to the instantaneous depletion of oxygen immediately surrounding us by the fire, and the flood of endorphins released ahead of the coming pain, which, when the brain caught up, would be excruciating, right out to the edge of unendurable. But this was not like that, the situation we found ourselves in. The flames were survivable. This was not. From Isaiah 43, 15 through 17. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. From the book of Doubters and Adherents, Part 2, Section 4. The sea in our mythology is the region of chaos, not uniformly malevolent, but eternally unknowable, and in that, terrifying. Not included in the most commonly known story of the deliverance of the enslaved from captivity in Egypt was the stories of what they saw as they passed through the chaos, between the waters. At God's command, Moses held out his hand over the abyss, and the Lord drove back the waters, so that the fleeing enslaved of Egypt walked on dry land, walked on the bottom of the abyss, with walls of great water humming on both sides. And what they saw as they passed through the chaos, when they looked to the right and to the left, was every kind of darkness writhing and striving, just on the other side of the surface of those walls. Even the purpose and the promise that could be glimpsed ahead of them was overwhelmed by mammoth shadows of creatures further back from the surface. How far back or how large or even the shape or intentions of these beasts was unknowable. It was as if the Creator was saying, Freedom, yes, but this is what you must pass through and rarely will it be held at bay, held back. To riv live freely is to contend with these. Many fled back to Egypt meeting the pursuing army on the way, pleading for capture, preferring slavery, the kind of limited and knowable cruelty to the possibilities 
of the kind of freedom offered. From Isaiah 43, 18 through 23. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself so that they might declare my praise. Yet you did not call upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me, have you not, O Israel? You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with your sacrifices. From the Book of Doubters and Adherents, Part 3, Section 3. How will it be with this people and this God? For how long are we meant to look forward for relief or to find our present joy only by borrowing it from our future hope. How many times will we rehearse the triumphs of the past, teach our children the stories of the faithfulness of our God while they huddle in the shadow? And if you delivered us once and point to that parting of the sea to let us pass and the streams in the desert to sate our thirst as proof of your intention, as a reassurance of your strength that you will come for us, be with us, stay with us, and deliver us. We would not be your faithful people if we did not ask. Where were you when Egypt took us and Babylon burnt our cities? We are still burning. Lord God, our Creator and Redeemer, where are you now? The Book of Doubters and Adherents concludes with a note by Androgynous. Throughout the manuscript, much of the Hebrew is uncertain. The final pages of the original text are lost, excised, or unwritten. On the night he was given over to death, Jesus took bread and gave thanks for it and broke it and gave it to the disciples to eat, saying, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this and remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave the cup for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood shed for you and shed for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this and remember me. House of Mercy hymn number 18, There is a Fountain.
justice when you can and be merciful. Know that you are entirely surrounded by the love of God. Go in peace. Amen.